Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is a new book by Pastor Lenny Duncan. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. I'm Pastor Amanda Zensalo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so what is the full title yes. of this book? Because it can get long. It is a long one, but it's really good. So the main title is Dear Church. And the subtitle is A Love Letter from a Black Preacher to the Whitest Denomination in the U.S. Why, yes, yes it is. Yes, we are. That would be the ELCA. For folks who don't know, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, we are the whitest denomination in the U.S. That's kind of amazing and the more I think about it in my head, the more I go, yep. Yeah. That story checks out. Yeah. And it's not something to be proud of. No. And he addresses it in here as to why why this is. Sure. Okay. So part of the reason we're talking about it now and part of the reason I'm going to edit my little fingers off <laughs> is that there is a book event coming. Correct. Yes. So Pastor Duncan will be with us on Monday, July 22nd, 2019. So we are posting this. If this is a brand new podcast that you are seeing this being released the week that it's being released, mark your calendar for that Monday night because Pastor Lenny will be here with us at Central Lutheran Church at 7 p.m. It is a free event. Anyone is welcome to come and join us. Fantastic. So next up in our notes is a caveat <laughs> by you. <laughs> yeah. So let's hear it. Well, this is kind of the thing I do, right, on a lot of these podcasts where I'm going to be talking about stuff that I could easily really blow it. Oh, sure. My objective when I'm going to be talking about this will be to amplify Pastor Lenny's voice as much as possible with as much integrity as possible to his word. I also know that around this kind of conversation topic, particularly when it comes to racism and these things, that I have a lot of work to do. Oh, I think we all do. I have a ton. And I'm going to own that I personally have a lot of work to do in this area. And I am doing my work and I'm digging into it. And I'm doing that stuff not where other people have to do that emotional labor for me. Okay. And I will talk some about my journey in this podcast, hopefully in order to point to Pastor Lenny's work. Okay. If I blow it, my apologies. Feel free to call me in. Folks out there on the internet, feel free to let me know how I could have done this podcast better. One would have been to get Pastor Lenny in the recording booth yes. with us. We would have loved to have been able to do that. His schedule is real tight and our schedule is real tight. So things just didn't quite line up to make that happen. But you can listen to Pastor Lenny on a fantastic podcast that he is doing, and it's called The Jesus John. So look that up or find the link on our webpage, centralportland.org, on our blog page that has all of our podcast stuff. We'll have a link to The Jesus John, and you can listen to him personally tell his story and hear his viewpoints. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. Okay. That caveat taken care of. Let's give a little bit of background on who Pastor Lenny Duncan is. So what he shares on the back of his book, I'll read what the publishers put on the back. Lenny Duncan is an unlikely pastor, formerly incarcerated, formerly homeless, and formerly unchurched. He is now a black preacher in the widest denomination in the United States, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. 
Shifting demographics and shrinking congregations make the headlines, but Duncan connects the church's lack of diversity to its lack of vitality. Part manifesto, part confession, and all love letter, Dear Church offers a bold new vision for the future of the church. Okay. So... I'm intrigued. Yeah, totally, right? Pastor Lenny shares some of his background in the book and through the book, and he is incredibly generous in how much he shares. Sure. And I commend to you his own writing about his own life. So if you go to LennyDuncan.com, he shares a little bit more of his own bio and information about growing up and who he is and the demographics that he comes from. Currently, he is a mission developer, a church plant individual in New York City, working with a congregation called Jehu's Table. It is a congregation that you can support. It is a black, queer-affirming, progressive, liberation-focused congregation of the ELCA. Okay. To which he is a pastor. Okay. Well, let's get into a little bit more about the book. I have not read the book. I'm waiting to get my copy locally as soon as I can. I will be at the event, but you have started the book. I have. I bought it on pre-order and luckily they've been selling out, which is really fantastic. That's a wonderful thing. Yeah. And I should note that this book is being published by Fortress Press, which is the ELCA's denominational publishing house. Okay. And that's a big deal because not only is he an author of color, also queer, also coming with some news that may not be very comfortable for the denomination. Okay. And Fortress Press took the risk to publish this. And so for the pre-sales to have gone so well that Amazon didn't have enough on hand. Well, that's a lovely problem to have. Right. And ordered Fortress Press to print another 1.5 thousand, like another 1,500 books off. Sure. Those are good problems. Yes, absolutely. And one word I want to say is to folks who have the capacity to please go buy the book. Okay. Don't borrow it from a friend. Don't pass it around and lend it. Go buy the book because our publishing house won't continue to take these kinds of risks on authors of colors and authors with hard words if we don't buy the books. It's essentially voting with your dollars, correct? Exactly. And so one of the ways to support this kind of work is to buy the book. Okay. And if you don't have the means or the wherewithal or the capacity to be able to get a copy of the book right now and you would like one, then feel free to contact me. Okay. I will try to get things to folks who fit different marginalized identities as quickly as I possibly can. Okay. But I will find ways to get people copies of the book. I think it's important that we do so. Excellent. So... It's available at Barnes & Noble if you ask for it. There will be some copies coming into the Clackamas Town Center's Barnes & Noble in the next week and a half because I asked for it. Okay. So they're ordering them in. You can find it at Powell's here in Portland. You can get it on Amazon and it'll eventually get to you as soon as they get more copies in stock. Can you get it through the ELCA's website or does Fortress have its own? I don't think the Fortress has their own. But if you go on LennyDuncan.com, he also has a couple other sources where you can get copies of it. Sure, that makes sense. Someone said iTunes has copies of it in like digital reader formats. Okay. And that kind of a thing. So you can get it digitally right away if you don't want to wait for the hard copy of the book. And so it's available. It's around and about. And it's a great read. So when I sat down to read it... I knew that I would be uncomfortable by the material. Sure. That I would be challenged, that I would be convicted. 
Yes, and. What I also found was that it is absolutely soaked in so much love and grace that it just, through the whole first chapter, I just had tears in my eyes the whole time as I was reading it. And I got to one particular image that takes our liturgical symbolism and it uses that in this beautifully elegant way to talk about the work that this book will do. And I just put the book down and I was sitting in Starbucks publicly crying because it was beautiful. Wow. And so hopeful and so drenched in love that it was just incredibly powerful. Sure. That has been my experience of the book all the way through. There are some chapters that ring harder and more challenging than others. There are some sections that may or may not be tear-inducing for me, but might be for someone else. Sure. There's an entire chapter on toxic masculinity that I'm hoping perhaps that my spouse can read. Sure. Because that's some hard stuff and real. And so it's just incredibly incredibly powerful. There are pull quotes all over it. The day that I was reading, I was actually posting a lot of stuff on my social media, on mm -hmm. my Instagram, and even on Twitter. I don't tweet. Like, <laughs> I lurk on a daily basis. Oh, absolutely. Same here. But I don't actually tweet anything. But I actually did my first entire thread on Twitter. Wow. Because of the chapter on Dylan Roof. Okay, so you're giving me an example, and I don't know this particular reference. Yeah. So Go a little deeper. So Dylan Roof, for those who may not remember, was the white teenager who went into Mother Emanuel Church in South Carolina. Oh, man. This is the problem. There are too many instances. I know. Where terrible things have happened. You need some sort of a, I don't know, roll call to remember everybody's names because you should remember everybody's right. names. Right. And maybe we shouldn't remember the shooters' names, and they've stopped publishing a lot of the shooters' names a lot of the times now. Dylan Roof definitely was, need to remember the victims' we names. We definitely though. remember the victims, but Dylan's was one of the last names, I think, that was getting quite a bit of publicity. And so he was the teenager who went into Mother Emanuel in South Carolina and killed nine individuals at the end of their Bible study. Okay. And at the time, our presiding bishop put out a letter, as often is done sure. in these kinds of situations, and pointed out how several of the victims had attended Lutheran seminaries and owned the fact that Dylan Roof is an ELCA member. Oh, man. He was a confirmand of our denomination. Yeesh. But at the time, and what I posted on Twitter was that I didn't care for the way that it was portrayed. It felt very much like we were bemoaning our loss instead of focusing on the loss of the communities. Oh, okay. And Pastor Lenny does an entire chapter on this called Dylan Roof and I Are Lutheran. And he takes on the reality of the complicity of our denomination in that event. Sure. Because if this was a child that came up in our pews... And didn't hear lessons that were against white supremacy, didn't learn lessons about the beauty of all of God's people, didn't learn about the necessity to be nonviolent. If he got none of that from his church, 
then what is it about the ELCA and who we are and how we are that is complicit in the death of those individuals at Mother Emanuel? Sure. And how will we repent of that? And Pastor Lenny gives us language and words to be able to say, yeah, this is our problem. This isn't a failure of that pastor in that church in South Carolina. It's not a failure of his parents. Sure. It's a failure of our community. And so how does our community respond and how does our theology contribute to this? And so as kind of the weeks have continued on as I've been sitting with the first two sections of this book, you know, Lutheranism was complicit in the actions of Germany in the 1940s. Well, that's what's been running through my head as you've been talking. Mm -hmm. And Pastor Lenny points us to, we have a beautiful theology. It is stunning and gorgeous and life-giving and forgiving and wonderful. And there's a problem side to this theology that causes pain and hurt and excuses harm done to others. And so how are we in this time going to live authentically into the liberation of our world while holding on to our theology? It's a powerful book. It is. It sounds like it. I'm way more excited to read it. Yeah. Even though I had watched you go through this on social media yeah. and was very intrigued by the whole thing. Yeah. So next Monday, he's going to come and share some thoughts and have a conversation with us. And hopefully more people will hear and start to wrestle with us. And we can start to have deep conversations about where we need to go and what kind of thing we need to do in order to move forward in our world today. Well, let me ask you this quick. Is his the only voice like this out there in the ELCA, or are there others? There are others. Okay. I find them on Twitter. I'll be honest that that is one sure. of the primary places because they can get their information out and get their voices heard. It's hard to get a publisher to take a risk like this. Sure. So to know whether or not other folks are having these kinds of thoughts, go online. Go to Twitter. Start watching. Start following. Start listening. Start being questioned. Start getting pushed. It's good for us. Excellent. Does Pastor Lenny have any other books? Not that I am aware of. Okay, so this is his first. Mm -hmm. This is his first from a major publisher. And then how did it come about that we have an event here at Central? Pastor Lenny and I are in a Facebook group okay. of the same age because we're just months apart in age. On Good Friday this last year, he did a post, and I had been watching his stuff and knew that his book was coming and all that kind of piece, and I watched this kind of conversation because I know my own inherent racism is probably one of the biggest things that I need to work on and face. And so I was watching, he posted, the algorithm knew I would care what he posted. So it came up in my feed and it was Good Friday. And he said, this is the only night that I wear white in the pulpit. And I didn't catch it. I didn't know why, but kind of kept watching and someone else said why. Uh-huh. And the response was, because in my experience, the people who kill people wear white robes. Oh, sure. And he said it much more eloquently than that. Mm -hmm. But I was blown away and angry at my naivete mm -hmm. and disappointed. I had never even thought of it and grateful to get to hear it. 
and to have a little bit better of an understanding why white robes being purity in our theology was a problem. Sure. And I reached out to him and just said, thank you. And sure. a friend requested him so that I could hear more and see more. And he was generous enough to accept the friend request. And I continued to learn. And we had a couple of conversations around the time of the bishop's election. Okay. And I contacted him after all was said and done and apologized that I had not lifted up his voice and had not nominated him. Because we had, and this is maybe controversial for me to say publicly, but seven people could speak before the assembly during Bishop's election, and only five spoke. Mm -hmm. And none of the people who allowed their name to remain in the conversation for the Bishop's election here in Oregon this year were people of color. Mm -hmm. And I found that really convicting, that we didn't lift anyone from our own synod, that we didn't lift anyone of color from the synods around us or from our denomination, that their voice was not in the room at that level at all. And that no one who did have that voice felt empowered to either put their name in or to allow it to remain. And I failed by not having a strong enough relationship to lift up those names. I was worried about it feeling like it was tokenizing. Sure. And so I apologized to him saying, I'm sorry. I failed. I should have lifted up your voice and put that voice into our room because that's a powerful voice. Mm -hmm. And I said, since I didn't do that, will you come to Central on your book tour? I'll get your voice here. I owe you that much. Mm -hmm. And he accepted the invitation. Wow. And so then I started working hard to make it happen. Yeah. And, and what is disappointing again and convicting again is that as of right now, this is his only West Coast stop. Huh. Oregon is not the whitest state in the country. Oh, but it has a very big history of racism. Exactly. And Portland is not the whitest city in the country. But our unique history around racism and Portland's unique history around the way that we have treated the black community. Oh, yeah. His voice needs to be here. Mm -hmm. And there are so many other incredibly talented preachers of color in Seattle and in California and all around, and likely here in Oregon, who just haven't been given the voice or the platform. And so how can we find ways to make space for those voices to be heard? Because I think in the same way that Pastor Lenny's questions are going to change and shift the way that we have our conversations together, these conversations need to be happening. Sure. Absolutely. Excellent. Okay, that's going to lead me to my last question is for what you've read so far, because you're not quite finished with the book yet, what has hit you the most, hit you the hardest of what you've read so far? I think I'm still chewing the most on the Dylan Roof chapter. Mm -hmm. And theologically, there's a, a line in here that I need to find again. I need to find what page it is, because I think it's the theological heartbeat that hit mine about the way that our grace... And our focus on grace becomes permissive to allowing abuse and abusers to remain as abuse and abusers. So I'm probably hearing it through my own personal experience lens. I need to find that quote again 
and highlight it and mark it and pull it and do some more chewing on it. Because I think that that is the theological core for personally me that allows me to make space for things that should not have space made for them. Okay. I can allow someone who is racist to continue to talk to me because God's grace is sufficient for them. Mm. Rather than saying God's grace is sufficient for you and what you are saying is evil and wrong. Mm -hmm. And so I need to find that one. And as for the one that had me crying in public, okay, it's the section of the page turn from page 13 to 14. Okay. And I'm leaving it at that. All right. Go buy the book. I will definitely do that. <laughs> well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about Pastor Lenny's new book. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And please do go check out LennyDuncan.com. Look him up online. Find the various podcasts he's been a part of, interviews, Living Lutheran article, all of those kinds of pieces. Go out, pick up a copy of the book, or go stop in your local bookshop and ask them to carry it. All of that supports this kind of work that will push us all forward in a better way. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.